That bus did, in fact, quickly pull out of view. But it wasn't evading anything. Buses aren't psychic, and they don't have a TV on board to see that they're being taped. It was just the route. The bus is now traveling east. The bus didn't even see the helicopter in the sky. The driver was too busy enjoying the pleasant, early morning gray cotton sunrise. What an incredible variety of light, light, light up in the sky. Color still melting off, off, off from an hour before. Moments like this are what make driving a bus worth it. The bus has been running all through the night and is about to switch drivers. Inside the bus near the back, you'll find a 19-year-old kid. He'd call himself an adult. His name is Sam. Sam is a bit of a cliché. Loosely put, Sam doesn't know the time. There are no clocks on the bus, and Sam is without a watch. But he really doesn't care. He picked up this bus in Madison, Wisconsin last night at around 10 p.m. And he's got a copy of Junkie, which he's reading like a manual. Its last stop that he can remember was around 1 a.m. in Chicago. He does have a map, which he picked up at the station. And if you ask Sam, he'll tell you he's having the time of his life. But physically, he feels about as rough as a 19-year-old can feel. Sam is more an alcoholic than anything. Looks out the window. Seems like he's going through Cleveland right now. Sam hasn't had a drink for close to 45 hours. He's feeling awful. A newspaper left on a seat indicates it's early November. The bus will hook southwest after Cleveland and then aim at Texas. From there, the rest of the trip will take about 35 hours. Sam is heading to Clarence. Marie got him a ticket. Marie is his big sister. Sam had gotten into some trouble in Wisconsin. Marie always takes care of her younger brother. Marie wired him the money. Marie wired him the money. Marie wired him the money. Sam, I had that money saved from extra shifts. Sam, I had that money saved from extra shifts. If you don't use it to visit me and Clarence, I will consider that stealing. 
I'll have to consider that stealing. If you don't use it to visit me and Clarence, I'll consider that stealing. I'll consider that stealing. Sam is a lot of things to a lot of people. Sam is a lot of things to a lot of different people. But he is a good person. Sam is a lot of things to a lot of different people. But he's a good person to his sister Marie. It's a kind of unbreakable bond in the night. Alcoholism in your teens isn't so bad. Mostly you just feel green in between times and you could be drinking. But Sam has been extracurricular in overusing his body and is as bonafide an alcohol addict as you can find. It's a physical dependency. Sam gets very sick without a drink. Not happening, not happening. So, while it's not a heroin detox or anything, 45 hours without a drink for Sam is a long fucking time. And this whole bus trip will probably be another two days. He's gonna have to get pounded once he gets into Clarence. But in the meantime, thank God for pills. Sam's been managing this drought of alcohol on half a librium every half a librium every few hours. Librium keeps the cravings down. Sam got the librium as a gift from Charlene. She'd hidden the pills for him at the bus station when Sam got in trouble. Sam and Charlene been together for about six or seven months, and they've been hitchhiking through Wisconsin. The two of them had been walking out at night around Madison. Madison in late October is very cold, especially at night. Few people doing any good are ever on the street. And this was not ignored by Madison police. So when a few break-ins happened in town, Sam was mistakenly arrested on suspicion of breaking into a jewelry store two weeks back. The police held on to him as long as they could, plus a few days extra, until the actual robber was caught in the act doing a follow-up break-in at a shoe shop. That was a lucky break for Sam. He was set free. But by then, Charlene was far out of town. You have to be out of town when you're a woman by yourself. When you're a woman by yourself. They had no money. And when you're a single girl out on the street, you basically have to outpace your rapist. Her mother had taught her that. Outpacing your rapist means constant movement to stay safe. Charlene is 18. Charlene tried. Charlene is 18 and religious, and trusts that God would never send a rapist to her. God would never send her a rapist 
and trust that God would never send a rapist to her when she was hitchhiking. Hitchhiking has always kept her safe and always kept her moving. But the hitchhiking this month has separated her from Sam. With Charlene's movement, they're now separated by about 500 miles. Last they talked, Charlene told Sam about the Librium pills hidden behind two planks of wood under the bus station in a sealed plastic bag. She had more than she needed. His half was his half. The two have a plan to hook up once Sam is settled in with his sister. They have a phone plan to keep in touch. Smoke break, announces the bus driver. Sam jumps off with about half of the bus to get in a cigarette and shake out his legs. The view of Cleveland's terminal tower on the skyline confirms Sam's guess on location. Thank the Lord for these pills. Charlene is so great. The bus will hook southwest after Cleveland and then aim itself at Texas. From there, the rest of the trip will take about 35 hours. Sam is heading to Clarence. Marie got him the ticket. Marie's his big sister. Marie always takes care of her younger brother. Marie had wired him the money. He takes a quick piss on the side of the road and hops back onto the bus with everyone else. Sam can be economic when he needs to be. He's down to two full pills left. Just a half a pill every time. You'll want to dissolve that Librium under your tongue for a few minutes before you swallow it. Sam shuts his eyes. Half a Librium slowly moves its way down his throat and into his blood. In about five minutes, Sam is asleep. 